I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And I'm Josh. And welcome to Real Geeks, the show where we talk about movies and stuff. Alright guys, this is a really exciting episode. Um, We're going to be talking about one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And it's also exciting because we have a guest on this episode. Um, This is Josh. I met him at the Duke Tip uh, film camp that I did in like 2018 or three or so years ago. Um, But he's a fellow Twin Peaks fan. He also likes movies and he has a letterbox so you can follow him. But yeah, he's also into Twin Peaks and we're going to be talking about... uh, we're excited to be talking about uh, the show today. Yep. Yeah, thanks for that, Campbell. Thanks for having yeah. me on. You're welcome. Glad to have you. And um, we were talking about this. So Josh, also this isn't the same Josh that we talked about Tenet with. This is a different yeah, Josh. different Josh. Um, Tenet but... was a funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Josh hasn't gotten a chance to finish... Um, Twin Peaks The Return, the third th- season of the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the first half of the se- of that season, and then he's going to hop off, and Campbell and I are going to finish out and talk yep. about the finale so we don't spoil it for him. But uh, speaking of spoilers, we're going to do like we've been doing for a lot of our other episodes. We're going to do a spoiler-free discussion at the beginning and just kind of basically pitch the whole uh, series to you. So, mm-hmm. uh, Campbell, you want to start us off? All right, sure. So, Twin Peaks. It. I don't remember where I first heard about it, but um, it's just. It's a seminal show. It's just very. It's very interesting, and it changed television forever. It came out, I believe, in 1989. Um, and before it, you know, I think the most popular show was like Cheers or something. But uh, Twin Peaks is different in that it was the first show to kind of have a really long continuing story. Um, like a lot of shows out now, like Stranger Things or whatever, or tons of shows out now. Um, but this was like the first show to have, you know, a long continuing story spanning over multiple episodes. Um, because before then, you know, t- a lot of television episodes, it was it was very episodic. Um, you know, one episode didn't really have anything to do with the next one. And uh, the characters were thrown into like new situations and everything. But yeah, this is the um, just an important landmark, I guess, in American television. Um, so just for that, I think it's worth watching it. Yes, um, I would have to agree because like Campbell kind of got me into it and um, told me about it, and I had heard about it, but I didn't know what the heck it was, what it was. And then um, I started it with my mom, and I think she got like fifteen minutes into the first episode and was like, "No, I'm not watching this." So I, um, probably around the third episode, my dad started watching it with me, and I expected him to do the same thing, but he ended up watching it with me all the way through. To the and, and watched we watched the prequel movie and um, the return together so that was uh, that was pretty neat um, but yeah it was actually I, I I enjoyed watching it it's definitely a, a it's a strange very very strange if you know David Lynch you know you can agree with me but it's a very strange show but it's got a lot of I don't it, it's just it's got a, ch- a certain charm to it <laughs> um, Josh yeah. if you want to share your thoughts overall yeah so um. My friend Max from school, he, he, he was talking about Twin Peaks, and I always saw it on Netflix and was like, this looks interesting, but I never got into it. But then when I started like getting more in the film, the name David Lynch kept coming up. And uh, I think the first exposure I had to him was his ALS Ice Bucket Challenge video. 
it's a it's a very bizarre video but when i saw it i was like i like this guy so um and then i i didn't do anything for a while and then this past april i was just like why not let's give it a shot and so i put on the pilot and it was just a really weird experience and i had no clue what was going on but i just continued to watch because i was bored and uh, i'm really happy i made that decision because um I mean, no one in my family likes this show but me, so, like, no one will watch it with me. They all think I'm weird. But um, um, but there's just something about it. Like, no show. The show has, like, some of the most charming and sweetest moments I've ever seen on TV. And it also has some of the most horrific exactly, scenes I've ever yeah. seen. And it's just the master of the craft and whether or not it's, it's, it's a... Uh, whether or not it's, like, a... Uh, it's supposed to be that campy or if it's like a satire or if it's like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, it requires a lot of thinking and I, and I like that. So. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think you mentioned, um, you know, it has some of the sweetest moments, but also like the most horrific moments. And it really is like a blending of so many different genres. Um, for one, it's like, it has the melodrama of like, uh, you know, it shows, um, you know, with like, like this and, yeah, it has there's really like melodramatic moments, but also, um, you know, it has some just really terrifying, um, and super surreal moments as well. Um, so it's really a mix of uh, just a bunch of different genres. Um, and I think that that sort of makes it special and gives it that that charm that not a lot of other television shows have. Yeah, I feel like when I first watched it, the first thing that came to mind was like the acting was so, like almost like a soap opera kind of thing going yeah. on like like all the drama between the different characters and it's and it's like when you get into it it's like everybody's this person's seeing this person and then this seeing, person's seeing this person and they're having an affair with this person and it's just like all this web of just drama between all these different characters and meanwhile it's overarching this like mysterious um like murder mystery kind of thing going on so it's like it's just it's not only a drama but it's a mystery and then it's like it's got elements of like um supernatural like science fiction it's like just so i've never i haven't seen anything like quite like it and you can't mention twin peaks without mentioning david lynch i think he's probably one of the most fascinating just people to exist because he's the way his mind works is just so weird and if you watch videos of him, he's like the weirdest dude, but he's also like really nice. I don't know. He 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 think he's this weird old guy that like thinks of these like horrific things, but he seems like a nice guy to hang around with. So he's just this really fascinating dude. Um, but yeah, Twin Peaks is very much, especially uh, the later, um, you know, Fire Walk with Me in the Return. But still, even the the first few seasons, um, there's very much a sense that you know he directed this. Um, or certain episodes, um, but you know he and he his movies like Blue Velvet kind of revolve around themes of uh, kind of this like hidden underbelly of this of like suburban um, American society, sort of like the the seedy underworld of criminals. And I think Twin Peaks also sort of reflects that um, because you have this you know this really nice town um, with all these nice characters, but when you really dig into it, you know there's crime. Uh, there's murder, there's drugs. So I think that's also um, an interesting kind of parallel between his works, I think. Josh, any thoughts? 
Yeah, I'd agree with all that. I have a weird theory about David Lynch, and it's not really informed by much, but of Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet, which are the only works of his I've actually seen. But um, I feel like his art may be so abstract. He may be like a fraud. Like, I don't even think he knows what he's doing, but I don't, I'm not even sure that matters because, like, you still feel stuff, and you can't explain what you feel, but you feel it, and that's really impressive. I know that didn't make any sense, but... Oh, no, I, um, I completely agree. And a lot of his, at least from what he says, a lot of his stuff is, it's drawing things and, like, images from his subconscious. That's sort of his whole approach, where, like, because he's also a painter. I think he was a painter before he was a filmmaker. Um, but all of his art is revolved around, like, his subconscious and just images that he draws out surreal. of it. Yeah, that's why, it explains why, you know, a lot of, a lot of his work is just so surreal and strange. Um, but yeah, I, I understand what you mean, because... Uh, there, there are moments of the show and his other works that just seem so like random and like don't have to do with anything. So it's kind of hard to even think that he even knows what he's doing. And I totally get that, um, especially in Inland Empire. I think that that movie was just him filming random things and just putting it all together. But yeah, that that makes sense, Josh. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I still love it, and like. Uh... I prefer Twin Peaks to Blue Velvet a whole lot. And I think it's just because, like, it, it's just, it plays with tone and stuff where Blue Velvet's just really serious and stuff. And yeah. Blue, yeah, Blue Velvet. I don't mean to get sidetracked. I'll, I'll make this short, but I, Blue Velvet's, I think it's sort of like a weird precursor to Twin Peaks because it shares a lot of similar themes. And you got Kyle McLaughlin yeah. as uh, that detective character that's, so, no, he's not a detective. Never mind. But he he plays he kind of plays the role of a detective, where he's kind of figuring he's like a sleuth and he's uh, figuring things out about what's happening in the apartment and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, it I don't know I I they're 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 really similar, but they're also somewhat different. I think Twin Peaks is definitely a lot more abstract than Blue Velvet. though. Blue Velvet's really straightforward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Josh, if you if you're <laughs> Eraserhead is the other one that I've seen it by um, David Lynch, and let me tell you. That is quite the quite the trip. Yeah, I need to check it out. We did that on that one. I read somewhere that Stanley Kubrick said that's his favorite movie, and so yeah, that yeah. that made me really interested in it. It's, it's such so, a strange. It's, it's yeah. Like, if, if blue, yeah, you can get Connor. It's. I'm not going to spoil it, but you in the before we started recording, you said you just finished that episode of that one episode of Return. Mm-hmm. Right, part eight. Just take that and just make a whole movie out of it, and that's basically the racer. Exactly. That's like and that's in black whole, and white. That's like the that's like the whole the, the whole like tone of the of the racer. But I would recommend it just because it's just so freaking weird. It's just so weird. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. One last thing before we start talking about like the first two seasons. Did have you all seen The Shining? Yeah, I I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but I've I've seen. Bits and pieces. Uh, Same here. Mean, yeah, I I just feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the hotel and everything, but a lot of the vibes and Twin Peaks and a lot of like the just the framing and the shots and the themes. It just reminds me a lot of The Shining. I can't help but think that Kubrick was a large influence on Lynch when he made this show. Uh, interesting, and I think yeah, they're all they're all those shots with um you know, in the, in the Overlook Hotel, kind of mirroring the, the 
was it the great northern yeah that's it uh i do kind of i do kind of see that now yeah you're right um and there's kind of that that whole vibe of you know something's kind of wrong with everything yeah definitely Um, yeah i can see that i think yeah i don't i yeah i would see if kubrick was sort of an inspiration or influence on twin peaks um yeah all right well before we uh we want to make sure we have enough time to talk about everything um do you i was thinking about this do you want to just do like okay we're going to talk about seasons one and two and and just talk about that or do you want to just because we can do a spoiler warning for each individual thing we can we don't need to do that i think this is our spoiler like we'll just talk we'll go straight in so if you Um, haven't seen twin peaks uh well, we're going to start off with seasons one and two and then move on to Firewalk with me and the return. But it's very well that we're going to be jumping between um, all three kind of sections. So if you haven't seen any of the Twin Peaks stuff or haven't finished it, um, go ahead watch and do now. that before you listen. Yeah, you um, won't regret it. To get to it. Yes, we recommend. All right. Who wants to start off? I will. So, seasons one and two. These are. This is like the original uh, run seri- run of the series, uh, and I think it, I believe it came out in 1989. I think it was uh, 91 but, or 91, somewhere in the early 90s or late 80s. Uh, but yeah. So the pilot. I think the pilot might be my favorite episode of the whole show. I think it it perfectly encapsulates what I like about the show, um, and there's just something about it. it it's a master of you know creating atmosphere and mood um i think especially with you know the opening shots of uh pete finding laura's body um and kind of getting everyone's reactions you get, you get miss Palm- sarah palmer's reaction uh, you get leland's reaction and it, it kind of it really um generates this just feeling of melancholy um but also kind of uh it's very intriguing as well you know there's a sense of mystery um and Campbell. Yes. You there? Oh, did I break out? Yeah, you kind of you kind of broke up a little bit. Oh dang. Well, I was as You're I was saying. saying like, yeah, there's this um man, I guess my connection's kind of weak, but yeah. It it um you know, throughout the whole episode there's just this feeling of this all-pervading sense foreboding um sense of uh melancholy and mystery. Um, and I think it's just a master of creating atmosphere. I think that's what the pilot does ex- extremely well. Um, you know, this whole thing has this this real uh, sense of mood, um, which I think is done well. Josh, you're still with us, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought I'm the one who lost. Connection no, no, no. Back, I was but... I was a little worried there for a second. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um. So yeah, I yeah, I definitely I rewatched it. Um, because my my girlfriend. You all know Samantha, Josh. That's my uh, that's my girlfriend. But um, oh, yeah, that... she, she started watching it, and I was rewatching a couple episodes with her, and I remember rewatching the pilot, and it was like I was kind of reminded of like how like sim- how simple <laughs> like how simple the show used to be, <laughs> um, before getting into the return and stuff like that, um, 
Because to be honest, it took me so long to finish the show because I started it in like November and then I took like a huge break and I literally didn't finish it until like June <laughs> because I was because part of it was too was my dad works all the time and it took us so long to get through um, it all because if he wasn't busy, I was busy and uh, it was just it was so hard to find the time to like sit down and especially with the second season being almost what was it, Campbell, like 20 episodes. 18. Oh, maybe 18. Yeah. It's easily twice as long as the first season, though. But some of it was vague, and it was nice to be able to go back and watch some parts of the um, original series back again after seeing this, seeing everything um, in its entirety. And I think definitely, like, the first, the first season in just, is just a masterpiece. Like, it's all, you, you can definitely see, like, how Lynch and then Mark Frost, too. How they how much effort they put into like crafting such an interesting and just strange um story. Yeah, and I think like, Yeah, you can you can go ahead. And I think, you know, right off the bat it, it hits you with the question of, you know, who killed Laura Palmer. So you have that question. Um, but also, you know, with even though this the, the show is kind of centered around Laura's death, um, her character sort of brings out interesting uh, you know, her her character's death kind of leads us to learn about all the other characters and how they're sort of affected by Lara. Um, but we also see like different sides of you know the other citizens of Twin Peaks. So it's like her death in that episode um, kind of kickstarts you know all these different plot lines um, and things you know surrounding you know the surreal elements of the show. Um, but also you know like yet we we through her death we can kind of uh, take a deeper look into uh you know the different citizens of twin peaks um as well as you know the things that we might not have seen at first gosh you got anything feel free to butt in and interrupt us yeah okay uh (laughs) i'll hold you to that um so i'd say seasons one and two are my favorite parts of the entire twin peaks experience i don't want to spoil my thoughts about other stuff but i definitely prefer it to the return and Fire Walk with me is very interesting, but it's just the the mood and just the it's just the tone. It the other stuff doesn't feel the same. It feels totally different. This is like this is like canonical Twin Peaks for me, and the rest is like I mean it's still canon, but you know it's just with the show's history and yeah, definitely. It's It's like quintessential Twin Peaks. Like when you think of Twin Peaks, you think of the first few seasons, except maybe the last half of the second season. Yeah, it's like Game of Thrones seasons one through five. And then the rest is just you can do whatever you want with it. But anyway, um, yeah, Twin Peaks, it's just like in the production value, it's just so different from anything I've ever seen on TV, especially at that point in time. I believe it was shot on location in Washington, and you can just feel it. And um, it's just like the way that like there are so many different plots and they all like they all um they they all pay off in the end that's really hard to accomplish and that's why i think the first season is just the most sound part of the twin peaks experience yeah i would definitely have to agree because like i feel um there are i mean you've got you've got the whole thing with um laura obviously being like the pivotal part of the plot and then you've got um, Cooper, and he's trying, and and 
it starts off as just like a normal murder mystery and it and you can kind of see everything unravel and and as the as the pieces come together and it's just really interesting to see the like the whole supernatural um aspect of everything come together that's definitely like my like the lore to me is like the coolest thing about the entire next to like the ambiance cuz uh, cuz you've got the uh, the score by um mm-hmm. Angelo Badalamenti oh, yeah. That it has to be one of the greatest or the greatest th- television theme song of all time, and the score is just phenomenal. It's so like jazzy and moody. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorites of all time. There's like an ambiance throughout the entire show, like um, visually, um, sound wise, and then the plot itself is like a whole. It's like it's just got a whole mood to it that you just can't seem to drop and it's like you're sitting there a whole t- for a lot especially as you get into the season you're like what the heck is going on but you just can't stop watching because there's just so much intrigue and um it's you just want to know what's going to happen next like where the heck is this going where the heck is this like ride going to take me so that's are we allowed to my... talk about spoilers yet or yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah okay. go ahead I'd say, like, the moments from season one, or I'd say probably my favorite episodes are, like, episode nine of season two, when the mystery is, like, in parentheses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other one, is, I think the third episode, is that the one with Laura's funeral? I think so. It's just yeah. a scene of, like, Leland going, like, crying and lying yeah. down on the it just it sticks in your head and it's so bizarre but it's so emotional and it it not only gives you like a tone it not only sets the tone for the show but it just i i just think it's i think it that's twin peaks in a scene the funeral scene i think yeah interesting i think twin peaks in a scene for me isn't i think it's also in the third episode but it's when cooper is he he's explained like tibet and how he like learned some weird technique and then he's throwing the rocks at the bottles and like it's just so weird um but it's also kind of charming um i really like that episode and also the dream scene from that episode at the end where yeah. we're introduced to the red room for the first time or the black Lodge. yeah that seems great I love you, that. See, you see the the arm and he's like saying stuff backwards and you see laura and i remember seeing that video on youtube and i was like what is this this like aired on national television i just couldn't believe like that was that existed so it, i don't know that scene just blew my mind and i'm really glad that you know in a lot of his later in firewalk with me in the return um you get a lot more of the surreal stuff that was one thing that kind of bummed me out with the first season was that that scene was basically the only like black lodge scene in the whole show um but yeah that scene was pretty interesting to me i don't think they had any of it planned like to be honest like, I remember when they shot Bob, like, he wasn't even planned to be in that scene. They just thought he looked cool and creepy, so they left him in. And then I feel like it just evolved. So I don't think there was much lore in season one because they hadn't really discovered it yet. And the Shoot. fact that... What's up? Yeah, like, yeah, like, um, like you were saying, I think Bob, the actor who played him, was like a set dresser. So they, I think at, like, when they were on set, they were just like, hey, let's shoot this scene. And then, then he became Bob. So it's just, yeah, I guess they did not plan a lot of it. But then as they went on, they probably, maybe they made it up made it up as they went on. I don't know. But the fact that it's just so interesting, if they made it up as they went along, that's just nuts. 
and one of my biggest questions regarding that is i remember david lynch always said that they never planned on revealing who the murderer was like they always wanted to keep that a secret but then again but then so then they the studio execs kind of pressured them into doing that so then they reveal that um spoiler alert that it's leland but then he makes fire walk with me which is basically completely centered around leland and laura so my question is if he wasn't planning on uh if he wasn't originally planning on revealing who it was then would he have made fire like why would he have made fire walk with me which is basically um you know a huge reveal like it's it's centered around that whole reveal so that's always been a question like why yeah um, i don't think yeah. he would have made it because I, I think he was still they wanted to do a season three but it got canceled so yeah i just yeah but back to no go ahead oh no i was just gonna i was just gonna ride off of the fact that he was talking about the studio executives i thought we would unless you had something to say i thought we'd talk about how the second season kind of deteriorated yeah you're right i one last thing about season one though the fact that it's so like weird and you have no clue what's going on the fact that you have a protagonist like cooper to keep you in it that's just genius because I can't really tell you why, but like everyone loves him, and he's just so like he's just charming and weird and quirky, and like it's just a, he's a good audience avatar. When it comes to police detective characters, Cooper has to be number one. Um, yeah, Kyle McLaughlin is like the perfect person to play like um, sort of an audience surrogate because you know you're introduced to this world and it's so strange, but he's kind of this this one guy that you can trust. And he's always, um, you know, he's always doing the right thing. He's he's full of goodness. Um, he's he strange also... too. Like it's like he was meant to be in Twin Peaks, and I guess that goes to that relates to part of the plot, I guess. Yeah, he's pretty eccentric. Um, you know, you have all the the coffee and cherry pie, uh, <laughs> all those scenes. <laughs> I think the one of the funniest things about the whole. Uh, uh, I I remember this now. You were talking about the coffee and the cherry pie and then that takes me back to the like sandwich scene with um oh yeah ben ben and uh and jerry i I did not like that scene (laughs) and then of course their names are ben and jerry (laughs) which campbell made me realize the other day Um, you didn't realize that well i mean i'm i realized that but like i didn't make the connection yeah so oh gosh but like there's stuff like that where it's, where it's not like super existential or like surreal and it's just some stuff is just stupid. Yeah, it it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is also nice. Like it's a really campy show. Um it can be like pretty dark, but then it gets super campy. Um and some of the acting especially when in the first season because I think they were trying to feel things out, some of it is like like I found myself like like laughing at some of the stuff that was supposed to be serious because some of it was just so over the top. Yeah, you got uh let's talk about characters. So we got um you know, you obviously got Cooper, you got uh Sheriff Truman. I think Leland Leland and Sarah are sort of they definitely have the most to do in uh the first season and I think they they both nail it. I think all Sarah does is cry though, to be honest. Yeah, but her 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 like trauma sort of carries that that mood of the show, you know. Like you can't imagine oh. the first season without hearing her like screaming, "Laura!" So my baby, <laughs> my Laura, Laura. 
<laughs> yeah, I think they're both. I really like both of them in the first season. And uh, you know this. Remember this. One of the scenes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just gotta. I, I just gotta build off of what you're saying. The scene where the where Bob comes in, and it, like I said, where I, it took me so long to watch this. So like my chronology of the first two seasons is so all over the place. So I don't even remember what part of the show this happened in. But the I think the part where Bob is like he like crawls up. Like where they first introduced Bob. the couch, yeah, it's the second and she season. like screams, like that. Part, oh no, that that's was, the first season. Yeah, you're right. Like that was real. That that one. That's probably like one of the first like, like scary moments of like the show. Like I also, remember watching that, and it was like, like I jumped a little. And the ending of the in the second season, the the ending of the of the first episode, where they like kind of go through the the empty halls of the hospital or the school. And then you hear like Ron. I think Ronit Pulaski is like in the hospital chair or whatever, and she's like having flashbacks to where like Lars getting murdered in the train car, and it gets like super dark. That's also a pretty dark moment, or one of the darkest moments, um, in the show. My personal scariest moment is when Maddie's killed. Oh yes, episode seven of season two. Yeah, that is probably my favorite episode. Which, which I told, um. Samantha hasn't gotten to that episode yet. I think she was only on like episode four the last time I checked, and I bet she hasn't watched anything since. And I literally told her I was like, "Don't watch episode seven And she was like, "Why?" She was like, "Why?" And was, if I told you, I would ruin it. And, and and so I'm waiting. I'm gonna watch that one with her again because I want to. I want to. I also want to see. Isn't that the one where they reveal? Um, that was Leland. Leland. Yeah. yeah. Episode, that one was directed by David Lynch, and I know. Especially the sound design, you get that scene. You hear that his record player, and it's like uh, it's continually making this like clicking sound. Um, yeah, you have, you, know, that, you have the white horse that shows up. Yeah, um, what does that mean? I, I feel like I should know that by now. Do they explain it in the return? Almost, no, it's, yeah, it's like a bad omen, kind of yeah. a symbol of evil. Because you know, in the return, in that episode that you're talking about, the weird one. Yeah, uh, he, he talks that. about he he goes on about the horse, the white horse or whatever the when he's horse. making. This is, I know I'm getting, I'll, right. ask, I'll ask about the corn later. Oh, the cream oh, corn. Oh, Garmin. no. Bullshit. Garmin Bersha. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, it looks yes, like we will, we will get into that. Have you all seen a Vertigo? Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo? I've heard of it, obviously. Not. So, Maddie and, uh, the character of Maddie is basically an homage to that movie. Like that movie's about like doppelgangers and stuff, and Maddie's a doppelganger of Laura. Yeah. And the main character, played by Jimmy Stewart, is named Scotty Ferguson, and Maddie's last name is Ferguson. So Sweet. I just wanted to point that out. So it's a callback to Hitchcock. Yeah. And I've heard yeah. about that movie, and I could definitely like the parallels. Yeah, I, I definitely that's cool. I think so. The second season sort of devolves. We have that after Leland. Um, we have episode nine where he's he dies in jail. Uh, the the show kind of David Lynch left the show to work on uh, Shawshank episode. With the, yes, yeah, yeah. With the, the 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 rain coming or the sprinkler coming down. Yeah, um, a bit dramatic, but still a good episode. But yeah, after that episode, you know, Lynch sort of left the show because he was working on Wild at Heart. Um, and you know, it it, it kind of loses. It's, Touch. it's, yes, you know Wild you got. Heart has, sorry, Wild at Heart has like one of my favorite songs in it. 
Uh, Have you seen Chris Wilder Heart? No, but uh, you know Chris Isaac, Wild. Yes. He's in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walk with me. Yeah, Wicked Games, a really good song. I want to yeah. watch Wild at Heart, but I can't find. It's literally on no what streaming service. It's it's a movie with Laura Dern and Nick Cage. Um, I think it won the Palm Door. Yeah, it won at Con. But uh, yeah, I literally I've tried to watch it and I can't find huh. it anywhere. Like it's not on anything. So whenever it is, I'll watch it and then I'll finish watching all of his movies. But um, sorry yeah, again, so, I'm sidetracking y'all. You're good. No, you're good. We so, do this yeah, all the time. Um, you know this this show just kind of loses its it, it the the intrigue that it had. You know, it goes off on tangents. You have James and the whole plot with oh, with Evelyn. That's which easy. is yeah, the made, worst part out of everything. That made me took like a three month like break from the show. I just couldn't get through it. You yeah, have the, yeah. It's so bad. And you have the subplot with Nadine where she thinks she's in high school. Okay, I kinda like this one. It, it's growing on me. It's growing on me. I hate but yeah, it. You have Nadine, she thinks she's back in high school and then she's cheering and super strong. And, and she's hanging out with uh with Mike. Mike. Mike and Bob. Um, I don't even I don't like the Wyndham Merle subplot. Like I think the I think season two rebounds when uh uh Annie comes in. Oh, I like it. I like really liked Danny. Yeah. Wyndham Merle, he's kind. Of, yeah, I agree. I didn't like really like him that much. And you have the whole thing with Jock Renault's brother, who's also another drug dealer. Basically, I, a bunch. Of, it's a ton of useless side plots. Like they, they literally never come back. So, um, and if I you will ever say, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I will say if you watch it and and you watch the um end of like the second half of the the second season um the the production quality definitely goes down too because if you watch i noticed um like in the for example like the sheriff's department when they are in the lobby and you and there's that you know how there's that glass the like the front door is kind of like just windows yeah in the first season and the beginning of the second season i'm pretty sure it's a real like it's real like it's actually um like you can see outside but in the the second half of the second season, it's a set. Huh. Oh, and so like, they... like there's a bunch of stuff like that. Like it's not, um, the lighting. You can tell the lighting's different. Like the the entire like a lot of times the mood is just completely off. Like it, it's it's it's, it's imitation totally... Lynch that just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, you got you also got I forgot you got Ben. He thinks he's like a Confederate general. Yeah, and, okay, like, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> it goes on for hated, so long though the one i absolutely hated was leo being like like and a co- he, yeah he's like catatonic yeah i hated that I, I i just didn't like leo's character he just like he was like the reason why it took me so long to get in the show i just like i can't even put it to words he was almost yeah i i he was probably one of my least favorite characters just overall it's boring uh, yeah, he's he's literally just a caricature. He's just abusive husband. That's literally like his Shelly. Shelly, what are you doing? Scrub the floor, Shelly, or I'll beat you. That's speaking, basically his character. Speaking of Shelly, also I know we're just like saying, oh, this scene is really good, but I have one more of that. So remember in the diner when uh, David Lynch is like one of my favorite characters in the show too, Gordon Cole. He's like the deaf <laughs> FBI director or something. It's amazing. And uh, when he, the only person he can hear is Shelly. And my mom oh hates my. that show. But when I watched it with her, like, even she, she, she like, afterwards, she's like, I don't like this show, but that was very sweet. 
and yeah. that's like yeah that's a great scene <laughs> what are some what are some of his lines campbell what's uh, there's one that's uh, really funny i can't remember what oh the one my dad sent me in that gif Cooper, you remind me today of a mexican oh, yeah. chihuahua <laughs> <laughs> was like, that fire walk with me i think he has the weirdest line i think that was in the second season yeah what i also remember season? when he when he says bonsai but he just screams it because yeah albert's bonsai. pretty great too oh albert's amazing albert's yeah. one of, he's he, he's interesting in the first season but then in, in, especially in the return um yeah I, yeah I did not like him in the first season oh i did I thought like he was... not not a whole, like when he was first introduced like he was kind of, I thought he was just like I thought his whole character was just going to be him being like a jerk which it was for a little while and but then he has that scene with Truman where he like hugs him and tells him he loves him or something like that remember either <laughs> he has a little though. bit of a redemption like I and I kind of got uh, especially with the return um it's also kind of sad because I think the actor um, yeah he passed away he passed away like right after the return came out. Um, returns yeah. miss. The returns missing Sheriff Truman. Oh, definitely. I I, I almost I, I wish. I think the actor retired. Um, yeah. But I wish they made a uh, Hawk the sheriff instead. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I would. That would have been fitting. Yeah. But they, and, they they brought Robert Forrester to play his brother. Though, he's which, good. Yeah. And, and Bobby's pretty interesting in in the return so far. Oh yeah, in the in the um yeah Bobby also he is very interesting. And especially in the original series, I think uh, Major Briggs was also a pretty pivotal oh, character. Oh yeah, I really like Major Briggs. And I didn't really, I didn't like Major Briggs that much. At I first, didn't... I didn't, and I remember telling Campbell, you Campbell, you remember I told you I didn't like him for a while. Yeah, because you think he's just like a caricature, but then you really, especially in the second season, um, you really learn that he's he's basically like one of the big like forces of good in Twin Peaks. Like it's him and the Log Lady. Um, but that, they're kind... that's sorry. Yeah, you're good. Go ahead. But the, isn't that he becomes important when Lynch left the show, right? So I I feel like all the stuff with like the owls aren't what they seem, and his whole thing. I don't know if like it just doesn't feel right to me. Hmm. I guess I know he has, especially in, in the pilot of the second season. He has that scene where he sits down with Bobby and he tells him about like this vision that he has. He sees the future. Um, and that one was directed by David Lynch, but yeah, I've always, I, I've always yeah, felt like right. he was, he's always been key. I feel like, um, him, the log lady, and I think Hawk have definitely, and, and obviously agent Cooper, but they're, they're kind of the ones that are in touch with like the supernatural elements of Twin Peaks and they're kind of working for good. Um, yeah, so I've, I've always seen him as sort of like, he's kind of outside, uh, re- I don't know how to explain it, but he's kind of outside. They're like of... the mediums. Yeah, he's the, like a. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, what's what's his um, what's her name in uh, the other the other gift my dad sent. Who, who is in the original series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't help you there. <laughs> Campbell, Campbell, you. We're forgetting uh, a lot of characters. You know, you got Donna, Audrey. Was it Audrey? Yeah, Audrey. Had... You can talk Andrea, about Audrey. Let me find out who the other person is. I didn't get Audrey, Audrey at first, but I think she grew on me. Yeah, I liked... Okay, so, interesting fact. I don't know if you... You probably know this, but um, Audrey's romance with Cooper was, was kind of real. like... 
no, it was a big part of the the first season. But then I think Kyle MacLachlan was dating. Yeah, she was. Da- he was dating uh, Donna, uh, and then what's her name? To... Donna uh, or Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, and then she was like, she didn't want uh, Dale to have that that the romance plot with uh, Audrey, which is kind of stupid. But yeah, I hated how that just kind of got cut off. I don't know. It was a little sus. <laughs> it was a bit sus, but Campbell, did you yeah. get the? Oh, Denise. Denise. Forgive me for saying sus. <laughs> Trust me, it, it, you need. You should look at the the chain of gifts in the uh, in the Discord. <laughs> Oh god. Um, um Denise. Yeah, Denise was pretty cool. Wait, um, who's Den- who's, who's- oh Denise, yeah. Uh, David Duchovny. Yes. <laughs> it was so random, but it was so funny. I don't know. It's just like it's just a little I mean she was just a minor character, but it was yeah. just funny. You got I don't know um, Pete Not Martel. Sure how- yeah, I didn't like Pete or Kevin. What? what? You don't like Pete Martel? Yeah. Uh, Jack Nance. How can I, don't like, know. I really dead. like Ben Horn. Ben Rap Horn is pretty plastic. cool. Yeah, Ben Horn. Uh, ben Horn is a good character. You got Man. the whole subplot with like the logging, like the, the okay. sawmill. I've never. Yeah, so that's one complaint I have with the first season because once you watch Twin Peaks in its entirety, all the stuff with Ben Horn and like Catherine Martell and Josie with like the sawmill and everything, it's like. None of it matters. Yeah, that's always felt kind of inconsequential. But um, it is a soap opera. Like, it, I think isn't it melodramatic? Like, that's a point. That's true. Yeah, you you do get like, um, oh, he's actually working with this person. This person's actually working with this person. So, yeah, I, I guess. the reason, the only reason I liked it, and I'm not, it wasn't my favorite, but it just gave uh, what's his name, um, Sheriff Truman, some more like. Yep. I don't know, reason to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It made him like, more human. Sheriff Truman's gotta be one of the best sidekicks, also. He's he's a great companion to Cooper. I love, uh, I love that scene where he got drunk and like was like oh, evil gosh. Truman for a sec. Oh, I didn't like that. I thought that, that was pretty bad acting, actually. No, yeah, it was pretty I'm bad a... acting, but the beard looked kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, I want to see more of this. You know some, how we get evil Coop? What if we got evil Truman? Oh, uh, some of yeah, some of um, his lines were kind of cheesy though. Like I, I think there were moments where he, especially with that scene where he was like drunk, like I think it's like sometimes when he's supposed to be like really emotional and yeah. like really invested in something, like he like the the random parts where he would just start like making out with Josie. Oh, I hate Josie. Was, Josie's probably one of the worst characters. I I really don't like her character. Yes, it's like I I was kind of holding on to like the fact that there would be more there would be more to her, but they really nothing really came of it. It turns into a, a or no, she gets like a put doorknob, into right? a doorknob. Yeah, is she seen after or doesn't she die and then she's a doorknob? Yeah, yeah. I think she gets killed and then her body, her soul gets like implanted into a doorknob. And then what? And then nothing ever happens of that. So I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Joe... sorry. Go ahead. Um, I know this. We should probably should talk about this earlier, but I I don't know if y'all realize this, but the the two main spirits are Mike and Bob, right? And and then Mike and Bobby. Yeah. Do you think that has anything to do with that? I don't know. I think that was just David Lynch being stupid, but he probably and forgot also, he what... named the other one. 
<laughs> and why are they barking like at the beginning? I know. <laughs> oh, in the, in the jail so cell. <laughs> oh, in in the first episode, you know, like when Laura dies, and in the hallway, that person just like moonwalks out of the frame. Oh yeah. Wait. Yeah. What? Okay, that should be watch- a gift. If you watch the scene where they're in school, they're like, I think Audrey and like Donna are talking in the background. There's this guy that just moonwalks out. of. I did the... not see that. It's just so weird. <laughs> anyway, before we go, we could talk about the first and second season like all day. We got to talk I... about the finale, though. I think that yes. that will tie us in with Firewalk with me. Um, yeah, the finale directed by David Lynch. I think that sort of I think season two, you got to watch like the first nine episodes. And then you could probably skip everything, but then you have to watch the finale to watch everything else. Finale's um, overrated. You didn't like it? Uh, the whole bank explosion. Oh, yeah, that was dumb. That was stupid. And Yeah, and I just feel like tonally, there was a little too much Red Room or whatever that place, uh, uh, Black Lodge. There was just too, like, I don't know. But it, it was still, like, fascinating. I enjoyed it. And the end scenes were so creepy. Yeah, but, with Laura kind of like she's like screaming and walking backwards and stuff, and yeah, and Cooper being chased in the hallway by that guy who's like walking like a stick figure, or I mean, it, by by doppelganger Cooper, and yeah, yeah, I think uh, for the finale, yeah, I, I think all the stuff that doesn't have to do with the Black Lodge is kind of silly. Um, I mean, they kill off Pete Martell, R.I.P., and then they do. Uh, yeah, they confirmed that he dies in the explosion. Him and then uh, the other guy, that Andrew Packard or whatever. Oh, yeah, they, because the thing blew up. Yeah, the, the safe blows up. But was Audrey not there, too? Audrey was there, too. She was there, but she didn't die. Um, That's... Why did... Josie... Uh, well, isn't Josie the one who tried to kill Cooper? In... Was that... Yeah, cause she was, they, she was the, the person at the end of the first season that shot him. Was that explained, or...? Why did you know, why did she do that? She did that again. I don't think so. I think it's just because she's just a shady character. I don't think they explained why. Um, no, I think it's, no, she's working for Andrew Packard, and then I think he he because he's like a criminal guy. I don't think he wants like police people investigating him or something. So, oh, trying to draw the line or to try and draw the line like where Lynch left the show, and it's just his writing room trying to fill in the blanks. Exactly. Um. But yeah, I, I I do like the red room sequence though. I think it kind of has its own logic because you know he's going between those like hallways, um, and you get uh, window the mirror. Rever- yeah, the reverberations. Yeah, it's just it's a really just wacky. It's it's just like an extended version of the dream scene from uh, episode three. But yeah, I, I um I do like that scene, and I think obviously you end with a cliffhanger. Uh, with him asking how's Annie, uh, but you know it's it's not real Cooper, it's the evil Cooper. Um, so I, ma- I imagine what that was like. You know, that's all you've seen in Twin Peaks in twenty five years. Well, uh, Firewalk yeah. with me. Yeah, Firewalk. But even then, that didn't really resolve. You know, is yeah, good Cooper trapped in the lodge? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I guess we can kind of segue into Firewalk with me now, though. Yes. Um, I, this movie. You warned me about this one, and I thought, I thought you were it was just dark, being dramatic. But this, yeah, I, I was very, I was almost surprised at how like much of a shift this was. I think, yeah, Firewalk with me. 
is 100% David Lynch. And I think it draws the lines between Twin Peaks fans and then David Lynch fans. Because I think if you if you like the original series, there's a there's definitely a chance you won't like Firewalk with me. Um because it's it's just so tonally different. I mean, we can start off with talk- I really liked uh, I'm so bad with names. Who are the two uh guys at the beginning? Uh, Desmond, Chris. Chet Desmond, and oh yeah, Chris Isaac. He played by Chris Isaac. Yes, and uh, Jack Bauer, Kiefer Sutherland, Stanley. Yes. I think I like Desmond. Like his character was cool. Like uh, he, he kind of had a similar. Um, like obviously there was that parallel between Cooper and him, and they're like they're both investigating a similar like crime. Town. And he, and it's he's so. Got, f- oh yeah, he goes. He's, to... got, that, he's got that like. It's almost like mir- it mirrors. It's like, like a twin, it's... twin peaks. Yeah, it's like not as good twin peaks. Like the, the, the there's even a diner, but the vibe just isn't. Oh as yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, and and the cops in Twin Peaks are really supportive of the FBI coming in, whereas here they're like really. Doesn't Desmond punch a guy or something? Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, it's like the the sheriff is just like this. I think he like the. There's a if you watch the missing pieces, there's a scene where he like bends uh, a steel wire or a steel like beam or whatever, and they have like a fist fight or something. But yeah, oh, really? it's like yeah. It, uh, but um, he's basically in like bad Twin Peaks, and then he goes to the diner and it's just really crappy and they have nothing. Um, and like the the waitress is just this like old disheveled lady. So yeah, is that also pretty Peaks funny. All beautiful and young. I don't know. I kind of I I felt like the the cops in the in um that town were so so annoying. Yeah, it was like they were like they were just being obstinate for absolutely no reason. And then uh, we're introduced to also Harry Dean Stanton, who is also in The Return, but he's kind of I don't know. His character is kind of interesting. He he just owns the trailer park. Um, but yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah, because I, I kind of forgot. Um, I had forgotten about him when I started the return. Like, yeah, I don't know why his character is important because he's he's in this and then he's in the return, but he doesn't really do much in the return. Exactly. It, uh, we'll get into the return. Um, I don't. Fire Walk with me was I was when we when when I finished watching it because you came over and watched that with me. Yeah. Um, and with my dad. Probably a fun family movie. Yeah, I'd recommend sure. it for like a sleepovers. It's probably a fun Good double overall. feature with like Ratatouille. Addington <laughs> too. <laughs> double feature. Fire Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me and uh Bambi. Oh god. Bambi's sad though, so that actually would be a good double feature. <laughs> Maybe like uh uh I don't know, Lego movie. Just, just stop. Just that's enough. Um Fighting with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> I I remember the the scene that stuck sticks out to me from that from the movie is um the one where she's actually you know what I thought there was one that stuck out to me and now I'm realizing that there's like there's so much of that movie yeah, that's yeah. so bizarre that, like the bed the bedroom scene where she's oh, like yeah that's awful like that was the, that was the first time in the show where I I actually like there's times I had to close movie, my eyes yeah. So like there were times in this movie where I actually felt like it was it was, uh, it was like horror. Yeah, it was so I, well I, done. I'd classify it as a horror movie, and I think 
you know, it taps into what Twin Peaks truly is about. You know, you watch the original series and you're like, oh, it's about cherry pine coffee. But then it's it's basically this is like raw Twin Peaks where it's, you know, it's just about incest um, and rape and like all these awful things that occur like this. Uh, it basically delves into it's the whole thing is the CD underbelly um, because you got it's it's basically centered around uh, Laura and her abusive relationship with Bob or aka her father and sort of like that mental and like psychological toll that takes on her um so yeah this definitely goes into like really dark territory i think it's probably the darkest film he's ever made um even like above blue velvet i think it's way more darker than that you got the and it goes it goes back to um the characters of uh like the old lady and her grandson the Tremond or Chalfont. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about them right now. Wait, can we? Can I? Can I give my uh, overall thoughts about the movie first? Sure. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry for backtracking. It's just w- when I finished the movie, my first two thoughts were WTF, and uh, I guess this isn't a thought, but I was just incredibly moved by it, and I can't tell yeah. you why. Yes, and, me too. And it's just it's so raw and ugly, and it's just. I think. I he, mean, go ahead. You like you leave the movie and you just feel like so much sympathy for Laura. Like you feel so bad for her. Like you she, feel how the town feels at the beginning of the series. Like I guess that's why it's a good prequel because it it gets you into the mood that you're supposed to be in in the first episode. Yeah, and you just feel you basically feel this overwhelming sense of loss. Um, yeah, but it, the it ending's also it's. It's so sad, it's tragic, but it's also kind of beautiful in a weird way. Um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's definitely an emotional movie, though. It's probably, it's probably the most poignant uh, part of the, of the three parts of Twin Peaks, I think. Yeah. In the most basic sense, you can go to the theme for, this, for the movie and go to the theme for the show, and you can, just listening to those two and comparing those two, you can tell that there's going to be a clear tone difference oh, yeah. between the two it's and like i will this... say in some ways i can i i like i, I kind of like the the move the fire walk with me's theme um better for different reasons i think they're both really great themes but they both evoke such a diff such a differing um mood the score yeah. is different but the same and it's it has yeah. the same effect and I Who's think another. So who are the main, re, who are the major returning characters in this one? Now that we're thinking, I'm, I'm thinking about that. So wish, obviously, yo, go ahead, wish, Josh. Sorry, I wish Coop, my only like big complaint, other than having, I love David Bowie, but I have no clue why he's in that movie, and I don't think the returns did a good job of explaining that for me. But um, I, I wish there was a lot more Cooper. Yeah, and I think it, it's it missing him for sure. It miss it's missing Cooper, and it's definitely centered more on Laura. I think Laura's definitely the, um, the, who's in. She's definitely like the in the spotlight in this movie. Her and uh, Leland as well, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like you know you have that first part, this kind of prelude, uh, where it's centering around, uh, like semi Dale Cooper, who's basically Chet Desmond, um, but you you have that sort of like uh, detective story going on, but then the second half of the movie or the, the main chunk of the movie is really just Laura. So I feel like having Cooper in it probably would have detracted some of the attention from her or the focus from her. Yeah. Um, 
but you do have Cooper for a little bit in the FBI headquarters, and he's kind that of that sequence was weird, very weird. You have him talking about the stream he had, and then he's looking in the the police cameras, and he sees uh, David Bowie. He sees David Bowie, but then he sees himself, which sort of kind of um, is a foreshadowing yeah. of yeah. He remember he goes yeah. in the hallway and comes back, and he sees himself there. Kind oh, of yeah. foreshadowing Evil Coop in the return, if if you want to interpret it that way. Um, but yeah, you have that whole scene where like David Bowie comes in, and then he's just kind of freaking out, and you, you have this weird scene where uh, you, you, uh, it's kind of like a flashback or something. He's recounting some events that he's seen, and there's all these like evil spirits. Um, there's like the the arm and guy. And they're above the gas station. Like, uh, like that's that's what Mike said, I think, in the show. Yeah, the convenience yeah. store. Yeah, and you have that that guy jumping around with the mask. That guy's um, low key. That's guy. That guy's like one of the creepiest, like Black Lodge, like characters. Yeah, like, I remember watching Firewalk with me, and he like, I think just the com- the fact that he like had a full mask on, and like just the mannerisms and like his behaviors was just so off putting. And I do think I don't like that scene. I I I like the scene. It it's intriguing, but I feel like it just they need to explain it. If you watch the missing pieces, which are like the outtakes from or the deleted scenes from Firewalk with me. It goes into a lot more depth and explains that scene a lot more. But I feel like how it is in like in Firewalk Me in its like present state, I feel like um, it's not satisfying because they don't explain it at all. But they do explain it a bit more if you watch the missing pieces, like, and it sort of makes more sense. Um, but yeah, you do have yeah. the old lady, and then they're eating cream corn. Did talk about that. So, um, so did you? So Campbell. Uh, wait. Well, sorry, wasn't the cream corn in 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 season one or two? Like, yeah. Meals on Wheels that had something to do with it. Do you see yeah. cream corn on that plate? Yeah. That, uh, okay. Yeah. My so son, my son is practicing. My grandson is practicing magic. Yeah. So cream corn. I I retweeted some weird thing I saw where it was. Yeah. This is it. It said. Christopher Nolan, what if man can't remember some things? Wes Anderson, what if all things matchy-matchy? David Lynch, what if cream corn were the embodiment of the unspeakable truth about the cyclical nature of trauma as it echoes horrifically across each dimension we inhabit? So it's like, it's just, I don't know. But I think it's supposed to be Garmin Boja, which is pain and sorrow. So it's kind of like the manifestation. I don't know. I think it's just a made up word. I gotta shit. Uh, After we're done recording, I'll send you the this meme I made, uh, Josh. So our theory is that the cream corn is the Garmin Boja, which is basically like the physical manifestation of like pain and suffering, and that's what the Black Lodge entities kind of feed off of. So, um, in that scene, I think, and I and I also think that uh, the old lady and her grandson, I think they're definitely also Black Lodge entities. So that's why they were kind of associated with cream corn back in season two so you're um, saying it's like it's like a it's like a metaphor basically so the same way that mike and bob or i guess bob feeds on um like pain and suffering they feed on cream corn yeah and like okay. also you have in the return you have that scene where like early on where it, uh evil cooper is like uh he's driving and then he starts like puking all like the garmin yeah 
that cream uh, corn stuff. So it's basically, yeah, so it's basically just the substance that they kind of feed off of, uh, metaphorically, how they feed off of um, trauma and uh, suffering and stuff. So that's, that's kind of our theory. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've, Campbell and I have come to realize that since Lynch doesn't explain anything, a lot of this show is just head cannons. <laughs> like, just based on whatever the heck you think is going on. If you think that this is some metaphor for something, then so be it. That might as well be what it is, because he's not going to tell you what it means. I really I don't they know. Could, they, Go ahead. They could, sorry, they could. You know how, like, when the episode where they find out Leland is Bob? No. What? Yeah, well, the episode where Leland dies and Cooper gives, like, a monologue about how we yeah. don't know why evil people do what they do. Yeah. And and that Bob and Mike are just rec- are, uh, um, physical representations of that. I think he could have ended the series there and it would have been fine, but... I agree I mean, with you, actually. That just goes to the point of what kind of storytelling he's trying to do. Yeah, I agree with you. If they made... One season, and it went from the, the pilot to that episode, and that was just like one season. I think they definitely could have ended it there, and it would have been a good. It would have been a fitting ending, and I think they definitely could have ended it there. Um, we wouldn't. We wouldn't get all the Black Lodge stuff. Yeah, I do. Really, but I, yeah, I do really like the more dark and like surreal part of the show, which is why um, I think Fire Walk with Me is definitely one of my favorites um, in terms of like definitely one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, yeah, and you got you got a ton of weird scenes with uh whole thing one scene the... that stands. Out... I you're probably gonna say it. go ahead. That one scene that stands out to me is when in the beginning, when they have Lil come out, which is this this girl in this red dress, and she's just doing these weird movements, and then later on, he kind of interprets her movements and like figures out like what she's trying to tell them. It's just so bizarre, but it's like a memorable scene, I guess. At the beginning with the... Uh, yeah, like with the, the red hair blue, girl. Blue... Uh, is blue it a rose. blue velvet? Or, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, uh, um, I mean, it still has the moments of charm from the original show. Like, that's one of them, right? Yeah, it's definitely not as... It's, I think that's probably like the only funny moment. Oh, did I cut out? Sorry, no, no. You're good. Okay, yeah, I think it's definitely lacking those like funny, charming moments, but I think it's, it's definitely done on purpose. Yeah. Uh, the scene is when she comes home and then she finds out that her that Bob is actually her dad, and then she like hides and just starts like crying. I don't know. Something it's it's kind of devastating. All all, all those scenes uh. that have to do with her and and her dad. Um. That one scene where they're at the the dinner table and he's like, "You didn't wash your hands," and he just becomes so menacing. That's just intense. I don't know. And the crying isn't where all the crying in season one and two are like melodramatic. That's that's as real as it can get. Oh yeah, it's like raw, um, raw emotions on display. Yeah, Uh, I get how I I don't I don't I haven't really seen that actress in anything else, but like. That's one of the great performances I've seen, and it's just so overlooked. Um, definitely, yeah. I think Cheryl Lee as Laura Palmer is probably one of my favorites uh, performances in any movie. Um, and also Ray Wise as Leland. I think he he gives like a really layered performance. Yeah, so you don't know you don't know when he's Leland or when he's like you don't really know the extent of um, his control over Bob. So you don't you kind of have to figure yeah. out in which scenes he's Leland and which scenes he's Bob. 
sort and of. An interesting thing about the movie is it, it places more responsibility on Leland. Where, like, in the episode where he dies, in the Shawshank episode, it's kind of like he was possessed and it wasn't his fault, and that Leland was good. But in this one, I, I don't remember how, but you just feel like Leland's responsible for it. Like, it, it wasn't just Bob, it was him too. Yeah, there definitely right? seems to be some, like, mixing between Leland and Bob. Um, yeah, it, he does kind of, they, he's kind of portrayed as, like, innocent in season two but then that kind of line is blurred and firewalk with me which i think was kind of sad because it's like you had that redemption of him in season two but then when you get into the firewalk with me it kind of fades and it's like okay what is what is leland and what is because you're kind of holding on to that hope that that oh this is just bob but then it's like sometimes it's you're not exactly sure like is this is bob controlling him now or is it or is this Leland is Leland being influenced or like what's what exactly is going on and it's kind of hard to tell like um who's to blame in some parts mm-hmm. of the movie and then oh. we, sorry we, you're can good I, can, I, can I just point one last thing out um go ahead go ahead so this this scene reminded me a lot of blue velvet but one thing stands out in particular it's when like Laura's like in a room and Bob comes out and she's really scared and it's dark and it's creepy and then she runs out of the house and it's it's like blue velvet it's like a bright suburbia and everything's yeah. fine the sprinklers are on people are mowing mowing their lawns and then Leland comes out and he's just like darling what's going on and then she's just like crying and it's just the juxtaposition in that scene is just it's heartbreaking yeah, there's definitely parallels, um, thematic parallels um, between Firewalk with Me and Blue Velvet. And I think some of it's even done better in Firewalk with Me. Um, Agreed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, you know, you have that shot in Blue Velvet where it's like the, you see the, the white picket fences and the, the roses and there's like the fireman that's like waving and everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. But and then the ants. As you go into the movie, yeah, and the ants, you see the ants. Well, um, whoa, and, I, I haven't seen. I well, haven't this is yet. this is the this is the the beginning. Okay, I'm just saying, don't get into anything. I won't. Yeah, but I'm you see sorry. the ants. There's ants. See, so um, it's kind of a metaphor for you know. There's this evil that exists within, uh, this this facade of brightness and innocence and everything. So yeah, that's definitely seen within Firewalk with Me. All right. Well, um, one, one last thing with okay. Firewalk with Me before we end, um. We also kind of dive deep into uh, Laura's double life. Um, you know, she, the townspeople know her as like, you know, she does meals on wheels. She's this really nice kid. Um, but then, you know, we see her doing drugs um, and doing all sorts of things. Uh, one thing that stands out is when she goes to uh, the oh, roadhouse. Yeah. And then there's, I think they have Julie Cruz playing the song. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it brings out all these emotions. Um, I think she talks to the log lady before, and she's like, you know, if you do this, like, all goodness is in jeopardy. And then after that, she kind of goes off the edge. So um, you have the, the pink room scene, which is pretty intense. Very um, uncomfortable. Like, the competition very... between... And then her friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don- oh, Donna. Donna's recast. I don't want to talk about Donna. Yeah, Donna, re- bring back original Donna. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, that was like... Uh, I did not like she... that they were... Because it, it was like... I don't think it was that bad. Like, I mean... I wish they had the original one though. I don't. As much as I like, don't love Donna. I I like the original. I think the original actress. the original actress portrayed her. Yeah. 
But, yeah. But yeah, you kind of see like Donna following her, and then she's also sort of trauma, like she's intrigued and kind of traumatized, but she's also like embracing it. But then Laura doesn't want like she she sees herself in Donna, and she doesn't want Donna to become involved in all these things. And it's in, so it's she's interesting. Kind of, she's protective of her. It's interesting because that gives more depth to Donna's character because you don't really you don't realize how much she knew she looked up to Laura, yeah, and like how yeah. much of an impact Laura had on her beyond just being her best friend at school. Yeah, so. so you really see that that connection and kind of what Donna knows of Laura that a lot of people don't know. Um, and then, yeah, okay. we end Firewalk With Me with uh, Laura being killed and mm-hmm. pretty, pretty horrific we stuff. Didn't, we didn't talk about the ring, I don't think. It was found underneath the... Oh, yeah, the, the ring. The uh, mobile home where the... Where the creamed corn family used to live right <laughs> yeah and the the ring also comes back a lot in the return it's also it's a big part in the return but yes uh from what we've gathered connor and i think it's just it it it's basically communicates between like the real world or our world and then the black lodge world yes. so it's sort of like an intermediary um i think in in the return they say like if you get killed and you have the ring on then it takes you to the you black lodge back. Um, and, uh, if you don't know, they, Mark Frost actually wrote a couple of books. Darn it, I wanted um, to be the one. To... One called, oh, sure, you can talk about this, Connor. <laughs> okay, okay. I was just kidding, I was gonna let you go, but if you won't insist. Um, so, Campbell and I recently, like, I got, I started reading them, um, after we finished Fire Walk With Me, I started getting into them, and, like, as I was watching, um, the return but mark frost in 2016 he released a book called um the secret history of twin peaks which basically dives into the lore and the backstory of the of the town and like just basically ever i haven't gotten too far into it but it opens up with like um lewis and clark and how like lewis met a native american tribe and like that's when the ring was first introduced back in like the early 1800s and and it's it's so interesting josh i recommend you definitely check it out it's like found footage there's a bunch of like yeah. documents that they kind of compile together that like details the history of I twin like, peaks I like and, like, that the parallel. because lewis and clark they, they ended their journey in washington right but i think so well, yeah, yeah they, they were, that was like that was where they were going yeah and like yeah. it goes into because he killed because he allegedly killed himself and it builds this kind of like conspiracy about that whether he was killed or not um, Lewis or Clark? Yeah, like Lewis, Meriwether, Lewis. I, I think. didn't know that. But yeah, um, so it goes into that, and then it, it's it's a huge. It's it's. I mean, it's a thick, a, a decent sized book. Yeah, but you I read was, it. Well, I, we, Campbell, Campbell, did you read the whole thing? No, I I haven't finished it, but okay. it's yeah. It kind of goes through history, and it, it talks about different events and sort of connects them to Twin Peaks, which I almost feel is kind of counterintuitive because Twin Peaks is always supposed to be kind of this like unexplainable uh abstract thing but then this book kind of like tries to like base it in reality um which i think it's what mark frost does more than lynch but yeah, it's still definitely. really it's, it's still really interesting to read though like um regardless yeah i think mark frost is definitely more story oriented and then lynch is more about the abstract and surreal aspects but that combination i think um is what what makes twin peaks twin peaks and the, right. the cool thing about Twin Peaks is it can be whatever you want it to be. Like, it yeah. can be in your interpretation. It can be, like, strictly lore. It can be 
it's a lot of things. So I guess now would be a good time to. I mean, we're clearly just we're way yeah, we're way, way over time at this uh, point, but we're just oh, gonna get shoot. we're just gonna keep Sorry, going guys. with it. I'll no, no, fault. no, yeah. Well, trust me, we've we've done this before. It's it's no big deal. And we, I was, I knew this episode was gonna be a a a a, a hefty one, but um, the return, More content. the return. Oh my goodness. Overall okay. thoughts, because I think everybody kind of needs to. We each need to get our like. Yeah, because I think everyone will think differently about it. And Josh, you haven't finished watching it, so obviously you might yeah. your thoughts might change after a while. Yeah, but they, they will um, it's when I first watched it, I, I finished Firewalk with me. I was like, okay, I'll watch the Return. It's completely different. Um, obviously, it came out twenty five years later, but the magic. Okay, I will say the the feeling of the first two seasons are absent from the return, um, but I think this was That's done. That's debatable. Okay, well, I think Respectful. my inter- my my interpretation of the return is it's supposed to be almost like the anti Twin Peaks, um, because obviously Cooper's been gone for this many years, so we kind of see how things have changed. There's, um, you know, a lot more gun violence, uh, drug problem, like. Um, criminal uh, underworld mafia people kind of running the show um drugs are everywhere so it's almost supposed to be like a um i don't know just it's just almost like a metaphor for kind of 21st century american society you know how it's almost degraded and i think because cooper's gone cooper's kind of like this symbol of goodness and because he's kind of been gone for this long um, it's kind of showing like this is the world without Cooper, um, and how it's kind of you know gone uh, degraded after this twenty five years or whatever. Yeah, I will say it's definitely does not. I would agree. It, I don't think it has the same. Um, I don't think it's a bad of, thing though. Yeah, no, of course not. But I, the first thing I noticed is like the scope is right off the bat. The scope is it's completely so much bigger. different. Yeah, like it's. When the first season and the and the first two seasons and um, Fire Walk with Me, other than the fact that there's that one scene in Fire Walk with Me where they're in Philadelphia, it's all in Twin Peaks. And in this, you get into the first episode and you're in uh, New York City. I mean, and then it could, you get into Las Vegas, and then it's you're going to Dakota. Yeah, like um, and then and then yeah. you've got. I mean, you and you've got like so many different characters doing so many different things and a lot of times they're not even like relevant i mean i was talking to campbell there's a scene in the show where you've got a like a a good length scene like it's a pivotal scene with main characters and they're talking and talking and talking and then in the middle of it there's a cut and it goes to two other slightly minor characters who say like five sentences to each like between each other and then it gets back to the other thing like they're not even like there's it's just the the flow of the return is just so all over the place. That was it's like very, my biggest issue. It's very different, and I it's definitely not perfect. There are a lot of issues with it, but I do think it's probably one of the greatest. Uh, I don't know. It's it's it's. I dare say call it a masterpiece because there's nothing like it out there. It's just so different, um, and even though it's not perfect, there are definitely flaws. Um, I think its ambition definitely is commendable it's like but the thing is 
just it being different and it being ambitious, does that necessarily make that a good thing? That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, but again, twin, the return, I think, is... It's almost like avant-garde uh, so it ahead. has a similar vibe to the first season which I mean where you don't really know what's going on most of the time and it's just all over the place but I, I like how it updates it and um, yeah that's all <laughs> you continue and then I'll go so yeah, I do. Th- it's not seminal, quintessential Twin Peaks. I think that still belongs to the first two seasons, but I think it's it's necessary, um, and definitely more in line with the tone of Firewalk with me. Um, a lot darker and not as funny as the original series, but I think the overall direction, because it's all directed by David Lynch, um, I don't. Know, I think. Uh, it's just a more intriguing watch, you know. You're you know you have no idea what's coming to you next, um, and it, it expands the world. I don't know. There's a lot of good things about it, uh, but yeah, I do have my problems with it. I think you're Connor. Do you wanna do you wanna go into some things and before? Yeah, we, yeah. Like I was saying, I I just some of it is we we so Campbell and I went um we were hanging out yesterday, and we were talking about the show and. There, there's probably a good hour and a half of of just silence, like random pauses, and just I'd say more than that, like lack of dialogue that just could be cut out entirely, and just random things that I mean, I got to the end of it, and I almost kind of forgot about the whole thing at the beginning with the 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 glass box. Like there's, it, it jumps around so much that I had such oh, a hard gosh. time. <laughs> so I'm halfway done, and I just remembered that. Okay, like again, I think we can attribute it to, because the return is basically a hundred percent Lynch. Um, I think this is almost his. It's very inaccessible, and I think it's probably one of his most inaccessible things, um, projects. But yeah, so I think a lot of those, you know, those unnecessary scenes, those slow, unnecessarily slow scenes, just um, nonsense stuff. I think Dougie. can be attributed, <laughs> Dougie can all be attributed to him. And I think you either love him or you hate him. So, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it's take it for what it is. It's just 100% Lynch. So, yeah. So there, about Dougie? I guess we can talk about Dougie. Yeah, what do we all think about Dougie? Dougie? What do you guys think about Dougie? Dougie, um, he's, he's so sweet. Like, it's just him at the casino. I just I I couldn't Mr. stop Jack myself Bob. from smiling. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's so like that's where Lynch's humor comes through and it works with Dougie. But uh, on the other side of the coin, Dougie is like he's also sad, right? Because I mean it's Cooper, but Cooper's not there. He's like trapped. And there's this one scene. I think Dougie's crying, and you see it's just really sad. You know what I mean? You see that Cooper can't. He's stuck in the state of Dougness. Like, Dougness. Dougness. Because he got 
because you got Agent Cooper, um, and you got his sweet side, which is kind of embodied by Dougie. But then you got his more like capable and not necessarily like bad, but more uh, aggressive. I don't know about aggressive, but you know, like Dougie and Evil Cooper are kind of like two sides of, of Agent Cooper. So like Dougie is basically um, everything removed, like the Mister C removed from Cooper, and then Mister C is the Dougie removed from Cooper. So, but yeah, I think. I, I like Dougie, I guess. It kind of goes on for a long time, though. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm halfway through the show, and I haven't seen Agent Cooper at all, and that's kind of pissed me off. But yeah, yeah. the fact, like, Dougie's backstory, like, before he was, like, so innocent, he was, like, a awful gambler. And he, I mean, he, he wakes up at a hooker's house, and uh, he, he's just, like, um, and the Naomi watch, she does a really good job in the show of treating, taking them seriously. And it just, it's really funny. It's also funny it's, how no one questions yeah, why. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's just like, like the coffee guy just pushes him like around and like, like just everybody just like ushers him like through <laughs> doors. And, 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 and then when, whenever she would, whenever his wife would drop him off at work and she would have to lean over and open the door and like it's just like why is no one <laughs> it was like so aggravating just I think that adds it. like kind of how surreal the feeling is because like, again this wouldn't happen in reality so it just adds like another layer of surrealness i guess although i actually want to see agent cooper i have to say that Kyle mclaughlin's performance in season three is like incredible like he plays i'm guessing he plays three different characters but i've only yeah. seen two and they're just so distinct. Like, the way Mr. C walks, all menacing, and the way Dougie walks, so calm and innocent. And it's like just, a child. Yeah, and his eyes, it's all in the eyes. And just the little things, like how he repeats the last word, like, home. Or, uh, or uh, what else does he say? Coffee. Yeah, and the way he drinks that coffee, it's just like... like two hands. In there. Yeah, he's in there. It's just, he, he's not. It's just... It's so heartbreaking, but it's so beautiful. It's it's amazing. I think yeah, Kyle McLaughlin is just blows it out of the park because on yeah, on one hand you have Mr. C who's like I don't want things or no, I don't need them. I want things or something like that. But he's just very this very uh uh menacing. He has this very menacing presence. And then you got Dougie, and then he also plays Cooper. So it's I don't know, the way he kind of plays these different characters is just pretty brilliant. Um, Naomi Watts, I also really liked her. I thought her character was really fun. Uh, I think the most, the strangest part of the season, uh, Michael Sarah playing... Uh, well, it's weird how Andy and Lucy's child is Marlon Brando. Yeah, he does... He, what is his name, Wally? But then he does like a Marlon Brando impression the whole... Yeah, like, yeah he talks like him. <sighs> it's just so weird, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> It's yeah, it's bizarre. I think I, I don't. It's like you you could talk so much about this because there are so many characters and stuff to clarify. I mean, you go to the. I mean, one of the first things that they bring that they talk about is the whole thing with um, what's it called? The lady, who's the lady that's killed and her head's like cut off? Oh, um, uh, like the librarian. I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the principal is like, like they find the the. Principal. And Major Briggs, he's also a part of that whole. Yeah, because they yeah, cause it's, it's like break his body, yep. but it's his head. Like the head's was the lady's, but it wasn't his body. 
Like it was like it was his body, but it like clearly wasn't. Like, yeah. Because of like time and stuff like that, so it's like, and then you've got the whole thing with Mister C and his group, his like gang. He's um, basically like the most dangerous person alive because he has connections everywhere. You know and, who I hate? Chad. Is Chad uh, uh, the police guy like the corrupt? No, uh, Audrey's son. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's like, awful. Yeah, How I know. Can someone be that much of a bastard. It's just. Yeah, he's, and I think he, the way he he's like the most despicable character, even more than like Frank from Blue Velvet. I think like he's like because... worse than he, uh, he's worse than uh, Billy Zane in Titanic, and that's hard to it's hard to be worse than. It. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rick? No, not Rick. Richard? Hey, uh, no, no, no. Um. Horn. What's his name? Richard. Richard Horn. Richard Horn. I mean, his name is uh, literally Dick. Did you get? Did you get to that scene? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. So actually, I'm not going to. Where I'm he beats up it. his grandma. Yeah, that scene. And like, you have the hello, John. Yeah. How are you today? Yeah, I, I, I was on the verge of tears. Oh god. Yeah, he's the most despicable character. To be honest, um, I, knowing his character and, and 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 I expected worse from that and, scene. I don't know. Uh, his character implies um, that. Evil Cooper came to the uh, hospital where Audrey was and then raped her. Um, so that's sort of like the implication of his character. Oh, really? Oh, crap. Um, which is sort of like why. Um, also, Aud- Audrey. Um, she she actually, hasn't been. Sorry. Oh. Like, I, I haven't seen her pop up yet. Okay. So let's just not mention that. But yeah. yeah Campbell I, and I will I, talk about that. But yeah, th- oh, yeah, that's the implication of his character, and it kind of makes sense why he's so messed up, um, because obviously his dad's is evil Cooper, Mister C. So that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. And what else I, is there? Anything t- else? Uh, yeah, Josh, you can lead the rest of this because we don't want to initiate anything and it be a spoiler. Oh, let's see. There, there are a few things. I think one thing that makes the the return so compelling is like the connectivity between everything. Um especially between like firewalk me and then as well as the original series just a few things like i remember in the original series there's this one moment where like agent cooper's talking to hawk and he's like you know if i'm ever lost i want you to be the guy that like uh that brings me back and then the return it's it's hawk that that figures out how to bring cooper back um and then also with major briggs and he you know he gives the message and says like cooper 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 and you have the three coopers in the return so just things like that is just really fascinating how he brings stuff from you know 25 years earlier and then like seamlessly kind of puts them in the return i think that's pretty neat yeah this isn't a valid complaint and it's a little off topic but um i don't know it's just the whole graininess of season one and two and the movie being shot on film and it's just the image is so clear and and uh, the return because it's shot digitally. It's digital. it just, yeah, it throws me off a bit. It's it's just the the vibe doesn't seem the same when you see the Great Northern Hotel and like stunning clarity. Yeah, I do agree with you there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, I don't. What what else is there to get into there, before? There are a few things. I think. Um. Yeah, I think. Remember how we talked about in the original series how there's these like really sweet moments, but there's also like terrifying moments. Um, yeah. I, with the return, you know, you got like 
part eight, which is just really scary. Um, just weird stuff. Um, you got that part in part three where like he's kind of remember he gets thrown out of the Black Lodge and then um he's kinda of in this like purple area and then oh, yeah. kind of, and then he goes through like some electrical it's just so surreal. Um But yeah, and then and you got moments like Mr. Jackpots, which are just like as sweet as can be, and then it's not about the bunnies. Or just weird things like that. Mm, yeah. I I don't even know. Oh, oh, also this this whole season, what I don't know what it is with this season, but he seems to constantly be shaking the camera. Like everything is shaking, flashing lights. Like I feel like if anybody had some sort of photosensitive sensitivity thing, they should not watch this show. Like yeah, it was always a... like that though, right? Not not to the ex- I don't think it was to the extent that re- the return is, right, Campbell? Uh yeah, I guess not. I mean, you have like some strobe lights in the original series, though. I don't know. It just seemed like th- there's those parts where it, it's just the the camera's just like going crazy, and like for a while, like it's like, it's yeah. like it, it was like a whole thing in the return. Like it happened multiple times. And, and I, I guess think a lot of that can be attributed to that you know David Lynch had full creative control over the yes. return, so he could basically just do whatever he wanted, for better again, or for worse. It, this wasn't on like. Uh, like normal TV. This was a, like a, this was um, was it was in it, 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 it? I think they had different rules because it was on like Showtime and it was not yeah, necessarily Showtime. like it, the rules were different between doing he, having it on uh, with the original series and having it on Showtime with the return. He was able to do a lot more, kind of like how he was able to do a lot more with Fire Walk with me because it was a movie. And you see, like, in Firewalk, I mean, like, Bobby just drops the F-bomb, like, so many times. So it's like, yeah. oh, this is different. Like, it feels different. Um, yeah, I kind of wish we got to spend more time in Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks The Return. I know, yeah. And you don't really spend a lot of time with the original characters, which is kind of a bummer. Um, they do, yeah, and each... There's... Go ahead. I think there's too many new characters. Yeah, and oh. I think that does sort of hurt the show. Yeah, um, and uh, sorry, this this kind of minute, but how? Why does every uh, episode end in like a performance at the Roadhouse? I like that. Um, I, mean, I don't it know. It's cool. I, it just didn't. It was yeah. weird. Like, but it I mean, kinda, man, what the heck do you expect? I feel why like are, why are nine inch nails at the Roadhouse? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Connor asked the same thing. <laughs> I liked how they. I think. And it'd be interesting because if they began each episode with a performance, it would be like okay, like it's kind of like a prelude. But then because it's the at the end, it's I don't know. It doesn't. I guess thematically, it doesn't really tie in with anything. But it's just I guess to set the mood. Um, I did like uh, Nine Inch Nails. They were good. I like the chromatics. They played in the f- first episode. I yes, think. I, I like that one. They have a cool like dream pop song that they do. Oh, and they have Eddie Vedder. Oh wait, no. You wait, know. Eddie Vedder's in the show? Oh, never mind. Nope. No, don't spoil. I mean, I don't care. I'm a huge Pearl Jam okay, fan. Is he? Yeah. Is he really in the show? They they introduce him as like Edward Severson or something. But yeah, it's Eddie Vedder. He has a he has a musical. Not really a number. spoiler because he's just in, the, in one of the songs. I guess not. Yeah, he yeah, it's a, know, he's just in the song. I know him and Lynch have a relationship from. Uh, I mean, uh, Pearl Jam's from Seattle, but what song does he perform? Uh, it's a watch. It, I don't think it's not on any Pearl Jam album. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's it's 
It's an interesting song, though. That's um, awesome. Now I yeah, have to <laughs> uh, There are also some... James. James plays uh, Just oh, You. A... <laughs> Just You is an okay. amazing song. I don't like James. I never James, really liked James. James is cool. Yeah. I... This isn't really... Compl- no, nah, it's too rude. I'm not going to say it. Is it, is it his forehead? Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the joke. I don't know. Uh, I thought it was just yeah. me. No, I think it's everyone. <laughs> it's just, he, he was cool, and then he wasn't, and he was cool. And, like, yeah. I, I get the whole James Dean thing, but, like, I don't I know. Think James is like, just he was so... cool, and then when he started singing, he he wasn't cool again. Like he, I know, I hate that. <laughs> James, <laughs> he's so uncool that he's cool. That's how I like to think of it. Like he's that's this whole show. I don't know. James is pretty cool, though. I will say. Uh, you just contradicted yourself like ten times, but let, let's move past that. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, you're in part. Wait, which part are you on again? Part ten. On part so this, ten. This is not a feel spoiler. Free, feel free to oh. give me the boot when y'all wanna, because okay. I, I understand. We honestly might not even uh, get too much into the ending, but uh, Diane. Oh, we, yeah, Laura Dern. Yeah, which... I enjoyed cool, that. Why, cool reveal, yeah, but don't really like the character. She, yeah, no. why is she so mean? I don't know. It's kind of sad. Yeah, you gotta, you just gotta, you gotta keep watching. Yeah, keep watching. It's a good, good callback, though. To like yeah. uh, Blue Velvet and stuff, and they're they're collaborators, right? Lord Dern and Lord yeah, Lord yeah, Dern they, they in, did a lot of stuff together. Yeah, Blue Velvet and then Inland Empire. Um, but yeah, that was that's pretty cool how she's in it. I just didn't really like her character all that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I overall thoughts, I guess, on the return. I think it's it's an imperfect season, but I really like it um, because just how out there it is. Um, but yeah, I do have a lot of complaints, um, and there's so many unnecessary things and slow stretches, but I do think, uh, I would definitely suggest watching it if you enjoyed, I mean, if you like Firewalk with me, then I enjoy, I'd suggest watching yeah, it. Yeah, it's like a, it's a step, it's a, it's a natural progression, I think. Yep. Oh, I think this, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think the thing about the return is. Like, true fan, not true fans, but like people had twenty five years to wait for it, and I went straight from Firewalk with me into the return, and the nostalgia kind of wore off, and now it's just I'm not getting sick of David Lynch. I I really like David Lynch, and I, and I and I love the world of Twin Peaks. It's just it's too you're adding too much. Like I think yeah. it's time to start answering some questions. And I think yeah. I would totally understand if you waited twenty five years and this like completely like. If you were just so disappointed with the return, because I honestly, if I waited that long and then I watched this, I would be somewhat disappointed. But because, because like, I didn't when I first watched the return, I really didn't like it. Um, at least when I f- watched like the first like five episodes. But then once you kind of embrace it for what it is, then you sort of learn to love it. But I can totally see how if you waited twenty five years and you were a big Twin Peaks fan, and then you watched the return when it was released, uh, I would totally understand if you were disappointed because it's like nothing like the original series. I mean, they shot it. The original series is shot like a television show, and I read that this was just a 500-page script, and they filmed it like a movie. And so, yeah, it's it's uneven. Honestly, how would you write an 18-hour script or a 500-page script? 
That sounds insane. I mean, in the eighties, it was cocaine, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess in, yeah, cocaine's a big theme in Twin Peaks. Definitely, uh, in Firewalk with me. Oh gosh, you have that, and you have the uh, that one lady, like the na- Dougie's neighbor, that just says like one one nine. Yeah. And it's the heroin like, addict. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, then, I don't uh, get that. Oh, you have Tim Roth and uh Wait, is it, it that Oh yeah, I guess that they were introduced already where he's at. Yeah, Tim Roth's in it, right, Josh? Have you gone? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, kind of almost feels Tim like Roth. a Tarantino-esque but, character. You all seen Reservoir Dogs? Connor has. Yes, I have. The movie rules. I uh I don't know. Um, compared to his other ones, I, it, it was kind of... I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it, too. I'd have to rewatch it. This is an unpopular take, but I, I think I prefer it to Pulp Fiction. I need Pulp to watch it. Pulp so overrated. Yeah, it's I, not overrated. It's yeah. Still, this isn't a Tarantino episode, but let's make it. <laughs> it's His filmography, there's it, it, just so much. It's, it's, I love it. Okay, well... Before we go into the wee hours of the night, I, I think. Oh now shoot! Is y'all are y'all are an hour ahead of me. Yes. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm inconsiderate. <laughs> no, no, it's it's no all worries. of us. Um, um. So yeah, if unless Josh, unless you had anything else to say, I think Campbell and I were about to get into the to the the ending of the season. Yeah, and then we'll probably just call it quits there because it's getting pretty late. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've said a lot about Twin Peaks. I, I I really enjoy the show. It rules. I'm really excited to continue with the return. See Eddie Vedder. Um, <laughs> um, what else? Follow me on Letterboxd. I need some more followers. Nice. Yes, we will. We'll shut you out. We At, will. Uh, there you go. Um, hold on. Um, I'm at J Sure. So yeah. And um, yeah, just thanks for having me on. I've had a ball, of guys. Of course, thank of you, course. Josh. This was fun. All right, all right. See you guys. See ya. So okay. now we will discuss the ending, and then we will end this because it's getting very late. <laughs> I'm starting to get tired. So we don't need a rehash of the DreamWorks episode. So. You know, we end with Cooper kind of going back in time. Um, yes. He re- pulls an endgame and kind of reverses the events of the original series, and he saves. He goes back to a scene from Firewalk with me, um, and he saves Laura, and then that's kind of the penultimate episode. The final episode, he kind of goes to this alternate world with Diane, and then he tracks down uh, Laura, but is not but Laura. it's not Laura. Yeah. And they drive up to from Texas to Twin Peaks, and they visit her house. Casual, casual, like like thirty six hour drive. Yep, and it's just I think there's like so many scenes where it's just them driving, and there's like yes, nothing going and it's on. It's just dark, and it's just them. It's just them driving for like five and, minutes. And then they they finally get to the house, but then um, they see that it's not Sarah Palmer there, but it's this other lady named Tremond, um, and then. He's he's kind of like wait what happened like he's that confused. reminded me that reminded me of Back to the Future too. Oh yeah, when he goes back to his house and it's someone else living there. Yeah, yeah, that that's similar. 
I knew um, it was reminding something and it just came to me. And then she kind of, they kind of wander around and then she screams and then that's how it ends. And then all the electricity and then it just goes dark. Um, so weird ending, but there are some, we have a theory um, that we kind of watched from the internet, but we'll explain it. Can I, I'll, I'll go into it. So like go ahead. basically is what, so the fireman or like the giant as he's referred to is in, in the original series is like him and because obviously the White Lodge is a big thing in this, and there's like the whole thing with her Laura being like the epitome of good, and then Bob being like the epitome of like evil, and then there's also uh, Judy, who is yes, or or, or who is like the, the opposite. It's like all evil, and Mister C is kind of like his whole quest is to try and find Judy in order to become the most powerful like evil spirit, mm-hmm. and. So basically what this theory is we found online is if if you go to Twin Peaks Return Theory, it's probably the top one. Um, But they basically say that like the fireman, um, Diane, the real Diane, because you you realize that the other Diane was like. um, Which is like a fake. Yes. Yeah. And so the real Diane Cooper, who's back, the fireman and, and just basically the good people are planning to trap Judy in like a false reality, which is kind of like there's that part where they stop in the truck and they're like, are you sure you want to do this kind of thing? And then they go yeah. to the the motel. And then when they leave, when Cooper leaves the motel, it's different. And then mm-hmm. they get to the diner and the diner says, um, it's, it's Judy's. Judy's diner. So yeah. basically that's basically indicative of the fact that Judy has now been trapped in this false world that they've created. And they're basic. He's basically his mission. Cooper's mission is to go get Laura and take her to to like destroy Judy, who is basically which he believes is Sarah Palmer. Yeah, yeah, possess Sarah because like she. There's that scene at the roadhouse where he she literally like slices that guy's neck, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's theorized that Judy is the one that came out of the box and killed the um. That the two, the the two girl people, and the guy, yeah, in New York, um, and basically what happens at the end is that since Sarah's not living there, there's some something has gone wrong, and um, Cooper doesn't know what it is, and that's kind of where you're left off wondering, um, what's going to happen now? Yeah. So in in part eight, they they kind of uh, yeah, they kind of explain how it's kind of a cosmic chess game between good and evil. Um, you you start out with with the atomic bomb, and then you see like the evil that spews out of it, and then in response, uh, like the giant and the people in the White Lodge, uh, send Laura out. So this uh, final episode, yeah, the God of Light episode. God of Light. <laughs> so in Classic. this in this final episode, there uh, Cooper's trying to use Laura as a weapon to destroy Judy or evil once and for all. Um. And she kind of lets out, when she lets out the scream, you can hear kind of uh, this electricity in the background. And uh, she hears Sarah's, she hears her mom's voice. Yeah, she, she hears her mom's voice. Um, and then that's where it kind of ends. So you don't know, like, did, did she defeat, did her scream defeat evil or uh, yeah. what, what kind of happened? So we're kind of left. And this theory states that, yeah, she did defeat Judy, which I feel like which is too definitive. Is, yeah, no, that's too definitive. Because, you said that they were people were posting about. You tell them what you you were noticing about the actors and actresses. Oh yeah, re- recently. I mean, the the rumor title for Lynch's next project is Wisteria, um, and like recently, like I think like Kyle MacLachlan and Sharon Fenn 
and a few other cast members were posting pictures of Wisteria. So there is like a rumor that there will be a, a, maybe a new season of Twin Peaks or something, or a Twin Peaks related project that could go into more depth with this like fake Laura Carey Page character. Um, so maybe she didn't defeat it, and maybe it's like an open ended ending. Yes. Um, I, but I will say that more on Judy, uh, there are a lot of scenes. I don't know if you noticed, Connor, but when I remember that scene where Hawk goes to visit Sarah. Um, and then she's kind of like looking off to the side or there's like noises in the background. So there's, there's all these kind of like, yeah, there's all this foreshadowing that like Judy's influencing Sarah. Um, and especially in the, in part eight where supermarket. Oh yeah. In the supermarket, she's gonna, um, she kind of loses it. Exactly. Which at first you're thinking, oh yeah, well, this is just a stem off of what was going on with her in the original Mm -hmm. series. Like, oh, she's just has a lot of trauma. From her de- from Laura's death, but then it it's there's that whole thing where she's watching like the violent stuff on TV. Yeah, so it's it's feeding because she's she basically has so much pain and sorrow and like Garmin Boja that Garmin she's Boja. like the perfect she's like the perfect thing for Judy to feed off of because yes. Um, interestingly enough, in part eight, you know there how there's that girl and that little thing that crawls into her mouth. Yeah. That could be like Judy entering, but then Sarah. it wouldn't make sense because at that point Sarah didn't really have, yeah, so much pain and sorrow going on in her That's life. That's why I didn't but... think that made sense. Yeah, so you know, there's all these. Been, that could have just been Bob, and that could have, and that person could have just happened to be like a random person, victim or whatever. Although they did in know. in one of the books, they did confirm that like she was born in White Sands, New Mexico, and then like she had some complication around that time where she was like in like a having like seizures or something so yeah yeah i don't uh, it's it's just i've got to keep i want to keep reading i want to read the secret history and um the final dossier because like there's so i there's i want to get in really i want to get all the clarification i can yeah what the heck just happened um but yeah I mean, it's just I'm interested to see where this goes and and if we get another season, maybe sometime soon. Um, I definitely think the last half of the return was the strongest, and that comeback with Cooper was just phenomenal. Yeah, that I mean, scene I, where where he finally wakes up is probably the, one of the greatest payoffs in the show. Yes, and it almost made like all of that Dougie stuff like worth worth the wait because it was like it made it even more rewarding seeing him back. But I need more. I really was longing for more actual cooper yeah yeah me too i think that was also a drawback of the return for a lot of people including myself like you wait 25 years and you're just like and the main character is barely the main character that you know isn't even really in it yeah i think he made it aggravating on purpose which is kind of annoying (laughs) but it's it's david lynch for you so of course um there are so many things that we could talk about that we probably missed but I know, and then, then we would we have a literally three-hour-long episode. I mean, this is going to be by far our longest episode we've ever yeah, done. Yeah, but unfortunately, we do not have time. I'm surprised get this posted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I'm gonna, my computer's going to f- explode. Um, but yeah, we we hope you enjoyed listening. I don't yeah, know, if you're still, I don't know I'm, who's, I'm who's still listening at this Mazzy? point. <laughs> Maybe. But, Mazzy, if you're listening, I appreciate that. I know... Um, I know, uh, Campbell, didn't you say that she was? I think so. 
I don't think she's watched the return though. I don't know anyone that's watched the return. So if you're watching, we'd be alone right now. We're probably yeah, we're probably just talking to ourselves at this point. But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, uh, Check out. I mean, we just spoiled the whole thing for you, but (laughs) whatever. We're we're so exhausted. We're going to college tomorrow. Yep. So we hope you enjoyed. Still making it, making the episodes for you. Yeah. Tune in. We'll be talking about upcoming. We'll we'll watch some movies and talk. Got a lot of stuff coming up. Yep. Big plans. And uh, with that said, I'm Connor. I'm Campbell. And you just wasted the last... <laughs> two, two hours. Almost two hours of your life listening to Real Geeks. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this episode of Real Geeks, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Real Real Geeks for the latest news and updates. Also, be sure to leave us a review. What things did you like? What things would you like to see in future episodes? Let us know and we'll be sure to take a look.